0: sir
1: (laughs) what around that dude that
0: that messaged you oh yeah Hello, sir
1: would you like to what was it yeah there was a guy on instagram who messaged our account Mm -hmm. and was like hello sir would you it was it was not even a sentence minimal effort put in there would you like promote your podcast (laughs) number one podcast (laughs) i'm not a sir okay sir (laughs) Yeah, the best part is, he, I said, did you even look at our profile? We're not sirs. And he goes, sorry. And then he just sent the whole message over oh again. God. Would you like to promote your podcast to number one podcast? <laughs> oh As boy. if that was going to make me go, well, sure. Uh, sure. You know what? Now I, I want to do that. Thank mm-hmm.
0: you. <clears throat> but hello, everybody. Hello. Welcome back. Welcome back. Hello. New listeners, old listeners. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I didn't even actually ask if we have any new if we have Hawaii or Alaska.
1: I didn't check. Okay, that's all right. Sorry, we'll figure it out. <laughs> next next episode. If you are here, welcome. Yeah. And if not, fuck off.
0: <laughs> no. That's how we approach people. <laughs> but welcome back. Glad you're back. Uh, thank you for coming back and listening to us ramble again. I am having a day today, so if I. Have a brain fart at any point, or if things just don't make any sense, I apologize ahead of time, but i um, I had some alcohol last night, <laughs> and it's kicking my butt today. Let me tell you <laughs> I'm not well, I'm so not well, <laughs> but we're here. Oh, and that's another thing I, I wanted to warn i I wrote half of this yesterday, like before I started drinking, so God, that sounds so bad. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Before I started drinking. Before I started the drink.
0: <laughs> I wrote half of it, and then today I wrote the remaining half. So if it gets a little
1: weird <laughs> later on. Right around the middle. That's yeah. why. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, how was your week? How
0: was your... What day is it? Monday? How was your it's weekend? Yeah, Monday.
1: Yeah, weekend I I worked, so that was fun. Oh, weekend. Yeah.
0: Well, your house has now... Christmas decorations and it looks really lovely. On the
1: inside, on the inside. Yeah, that's you know, true. We're not... You
0: can't show your...
1: No, 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 no,
0: no. <laughs> you can't show that yet.
1: I will not let anyone know. I found that like a lot of
0: people are decorating like Christmas super yeah. early.
1: I'm kind of... I'm fine with it this year because this year sucks. Yeah. Um. But I've never yeah.
0: seen like this many people with their Christmas lights out already.
1: Yeah. Usually it's Thanksgiving. Yeah. Like right after Thanksgiving yeah. is when you start seeing stuff.
0: I guess you just need that feel good. You know, yeah. you need that feel good energy. You need those Christmas lights.
1: You need Mariah Carey. Mariah
0: Carey in your ears, in your ear holes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my God. It's going to yeah. be a rough episode. <laughs>
1: <laughs> how was your week?
0: Oh, it was good. I worked for a lot of it, actually. I just realized how much. I think I worked like every single day, which is rare for me.
1: You sold me a pair of gloves. I did. I
0: did sell you a pair of gloves. Thanks for bringing me coffee that day. I was like falling asleep. There was no hope for me. I would too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Cause that's,
0: you were like the one of three customers that day.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: It's great. It's really great. And now they're saying everything might shut down again. So yeah, I don't know. Everyone stay safe out there. Don't be idiots and don't have parties and don't hang out with a lot of people. Just (laughs) sit by yourself Inside your home. <laughs> Never go outside. <laughs>
1: the end. The
0: end. <laughs> and you will survive.
1: But, uh, so you were texting me, was it yesterday? And you were saying you had a, you, you, I believe you said, I think I bit off more than I could chew yeah. or something to that extent. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. About this story. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: um. what made me think of writing about this was because last week's episode, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, <laughs>
1: I try not to do that into the microphone, so I, like, <laughs> away from it. <laughs> oh, God.
0: But anyways, I have the giggles, but I don't feel like I'm being very funny. I'm sorry, everyone, if I'm not funny this episode, but I'm laughing at everything, but I'm not giving funny. Anyways, so what made me write about this was last week's episode, we kind of dove into it a little bit. Um, with, like, we were like, well, what makes someone a serial killer, you know? So I wrote about the psychology of a serial killer.
1: Oh. wow! <laughs> <laughs> I put my <laughs> swimmies on.
0: I held my nose and I dove in. Oh, and it was, I mean, it didn't affect me. Maybe I already am a serial killer, but. You know, I'm not like, oh, my God, the brain. But it was interesting. It's kind of stuff that I already knew, but I want everyone else to know. Well, I watched um, this one, like, docu-series thing, and it's basically the psychology of a serial killer. Mindhunter? That's, I bring that up, actually. I love
1: Mindhunter. Yeah,
0: my sister always, whenever, like, anyone even whispers the word Netflix, she's like, did
1: you watch Mindhunter?
0: (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) I will. Molly, you weren't even invited here. (laughs) But anyways, so, today's topic. What makes a serial killer a serial killer? Brain-wise, psychology-wise. It's a very complicated question.
1: It is a very complicated question. <laughs> you look like I'm, you're scared. I'm like, concerned that we are going this. to answer this.
0: <laughs> and I just want to preface this by saying I am not um, any kind of psychologist, any kind of psychiatrist, any kind of doctor, any kind of anything. So I have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. I literally just Googled stuff and <laughs> figured it out. So um, it, it turned, it's a tremendous, it's a combination of things. What, what makes it happen? Like How many a, things? Oh, a <laughs> tremendous amount. <laughs> Since the 1880s, when Jack the Ripper terrorized the streets of London, criminologists and forensic scientists have searched for keys to unlock the psyche of these monsters. In the 17, 1770s, in the 1970s, the FBI added psychological profiling to their arsenal of tools to capture these killers.
1: Mindhunter. That's
0: Mindhunter, yep. Patrick Mullaney and Howard Teton. I didn't see it, but do those names sound familiar? Patrick Mullaney and Howard Teton.
1: You didn't watch it? No. Okay, well you need to do that.
0: I I was going to. I was gonna watch it and base it off this, but or and like do some research on it. What? No, and write down what I found out. But
1: it's (laughs) it's it's not yeah, it's not like Yeah. Right, exactly. There's like a
0: story. So Um but they led the first profiling unit. Um, there's a whole, the the Mind Hunter series. If anyone wants to watch that, I think there's two seasons, right? Yeah, I think, I think so. It's only gonna be two seasons, but it's apparently incredible, according to my sister. And you've seen it too, right? And yeah. I think it's incredible. Yes, I love it. So definitely watch it if anyone wants to kind of dive a little deeper into this 1970s when the FBI started the profiling. So. What were the common threads between these murderers? What initially set them off down the road to become serial killers? I don't know. I know. Well, we're going to find out. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. To backstep a second, a serial killer by definition is a person who kills more than one victim in more than one location in a very short period of time. I actually, like, you know, you hear serial killer thrown out there all the time, but like, what separates a serial killer from, you know, just someone who kills you know, are they a serial killer as well? But serial killers, usually it's more than two people and there's like a kill and then there's a cool off period and then there's another kill and then there's cool off period. Mm-hmm. And then there's spree killers who don't have that cool off period, but there's still multiple victims. Right. And then there's mass murderers who kill a lot of people at one time. That's what I found. The three that six. makes sense. Yeah. Um. Oh, and they beautiful. also between the kills, they kind of resume their normal life as if like nothing happened because they're psychotic. So not everyone who kills is considered a serial killer. Serial killers are more likely to premeditate their murders and stalk and target complete strangers. Most of the time who somehow fulfill their deranged and secret fantasies that only they understand a whopping 92% of serial killers are male While female serial killers aren't unheard of, their reasons for killing are usually much different than that of males. Um, Usually with women, they know their victims and they kill for financial gain. Women are also far less likely to torture their victims before killing them or to perform necrophilia or cannibalism. Uh, For this episode, I'm just going to focus on the psychology of the male brain because, you know, you'll most likely run into a male serial killer. (laughs) Um, so federal authorities and criminologists actually classify people who kill more than one person into three different groups oh I already serial killers spree killers and mass murders so there's no one course that makes an individual turn into or become a criminal there's no one specific thing that happens to all of these people there's no one individual path different thing to look at is the family dynamic the relationship with the family the mother, the father, and also the relationship that the mother and father had within themselves. When you take a look at the development of serial killers, oftentimes they come from broken homes. Usually you see the dominant mother and an absent father. The father influence seems to be missing in their early years and there's some sort of revulsion to the dominant mother image which is later taken out on women. Usually if it's a straight male serial killer, he takes out um, women victims and like Usually gay men actually go after men more so than women. It's kind of like, it's highly sexual, the serial killing, like the reasons for killing. So that's why. But yeah, there's, there's a lot of reoccurring sexual themes in here. As children, they usually suffer significant abuse, sometimes psychological, sometimes physical, often sexual. There's usually a long history of psychiatric problems, criminal behavior and alcoholism within the family. So, basically, they're more likely to come from a broken home than a, you know, a a normal, not normal, but, you know, a healthy family. Yeah. In the 1960s, forensic psychologist J.M. McDonald popularized the idea that there are three behavioral red flags that serial killers exhibit during childhood. It was dubbed the McDonald Triad. We talked
1: about that. Yeah,
0: we did it for a minute. Or the Triad of Homicidal Personality, and that includes bedwetting. By your setting, an animal killer. Serial killers Ted Bundy, Jeffrey Dahmer, and Dennis Rader were all known to have tortured and killed child animals in childhood. Um,
1: did they went to the bed?
0: Well, the triad was discredited with the development of research in the further years because it wasn't it wasn't a strong enough theory to link those three specific things to the development of a serial killer. So we did talk about it, but. You know, if your kid does those things, don't worry.
1: They might not be serial killer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was found that the main reason serial killers formed was from their dysfunctional childhood that created a cold hearted lack of empathy. That's the scariest part is that they don't feel
1: mm-hmm.
0: part of the development of empathy comes from the modeling of parents and also seeing how the mother and father interact with each other. If you don't have the chance or ability to develop positive relationships, it's very hard to develop empathy or remorse. Lack of empathy is a primary characteristic of a psychopath. But not all psychopaths are criminals, but it is frequently a trait of serial killers. Psychopathy is a personality disorder manifested in a person who use a mixture of charm, manipulation, intimidation, and occasionally violence to control others and satisfy their selfish needs. But true psychopaths are usually very rare, surprisingly enough. Ted Bundy, one of the most notorious serial killers in North America, was born to a single mother and brought up by her, her parents. He grew up surrounded by lies. Bundy was told he was adopted. Um, he was the adopted son of his grandparents, and his mother was his sister. As an so adult.
1: Like he grew up, yeah, he grew up thinking his actual it, mom was his sister. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm.
0: okay. As an adult, he was extremely confused about his own identity and is considered a classic psychopath. Bundy murdered over 30 young women and compared his serial killings to stamp collecting. He was one, you know, you know how he talked about um, like the eyes are the windows to the soul. His eyes are freaking soulless. That's like a very good example of like if you want to see soulless eyes, look at Ted Bundy. Yeah. Yeah. I was
1: like. I saw a picture of him once that he looked like super normal though. He was just like on a boat
0: here's my question uh, maybe things were different when he was around but like he was considered like so, so handsome i'm like what i don't think he's that handsome
1: yeah i mean <laughs> i don't know i think probably before he got all well no yeah no before he got like caught and was in prison and stuff maybe
0: he was he looks creepy to me maybe it's just you know back then i could see him being attractive yeah i think I that guess. was like the look back then yeah But, yeah, he's just creepy. But another common trait of serial killers is known as paraphilia. Paraphilia. Paraphilia.
1: (laughs) What? (laughs) What that is. (laughs) (laughs) It's
0: abnormal sexual behaviors or impulses characterized by intense reoccurring sexual fantasies and urges that starts to develop as teenagers. These behaviors are, have been linked to victims of sexual abuse as children. Uh, less serial murders is sometimes an outgrowth of paraphilia. The infamous murderer and cannibal Jeffrey Dahmer claims to have been sexually abused by his neighbors when he was 10 years old. His parents were in conflict and divorce when he was 17. His mother and father moved out, leaving Dahmer alone with his growing paranoia and terrible fantasies in what had been their family home. So at 17, his parents were like, bye. Dude. (laughs) Yeah. That's messed up. Yeah, really messed up. Because of their extreme social isolation and general hatred of the world and everyone in it, they profess to have felt suicidal. <laughs> oh.
1: Yeah, <I> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, that's an uh oh. Big time uh oh. That's <laughs> an uh oh. They profess to have felt suicidal as teenagers. They display an interest in deviant sexuality and are obsessed with violence, voyeurism, which is like peeping toms, just watching people have sex without them knowing, and pornography. Another frightening trait of serial killers is that they often don't look frightening at all. Uh, coming face-to-face with a serial killer will give you two experiences. First, you'll be surprised that they look so normal and surprised that he's talkative, polite, and oftentimes really condescending. So they are just like normal people, but condescending. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Contrary to the popular belief that a serial killer is a monster living somewhere in a dark corner or abandoned house. What is very striking is that they're often fathers and are even successful in life. The background of a serial killer often tracks very well with the moderate person in earnings. Um, Not really the poor and very seldom the super rich. Uh, They could be well educated, but at the same token they turn into serial killing because of an inner thrill and fantasy that they're carrying out. It's so scary. So usually they're (laughs) They're not dumb. Usually they're smart, which is very scary. Yeah. John Gacy is a case in point. He was a born salesman. He could talk his way in and out of any situation. Uh, Excuse me. He rose through a number of jobs in the early 60s, eventually managing his family's restaurant. A respected member of the community, he often performed as a What's that (laughs) word? (laughs) He often performed as a clown at, at children's parties. And I later, wouldn't
1: say that's exactly normal. Yeah,
0: no, that's a little weird. Later here, they the nicknamed the killer clown.
1: Hey, kids, I got my clown suit in the car. <laughs> oh, John. You're so normal. God, you're so normal.
0: <laughs> as a student in Seattle, Ted Bundy held a variety of part-time jobs. As part of his psychology studies, he worked as a volunteer at the city's suicide hotline center. He became he involved in politics and even managed the Republican Party's Seattle campaign office. He
1: um he probably, it's kinda weird that he it's a little disturbing that he was like helping with a suicide hotline. Right. And he was so messed up himself. Like right? and he worked there with uh Anne Rule, I believe her name is. She wrote that book, Stranger Beside Me.
0: Oh, yeah. okay. I, I wonder read that i I was thinking about this. I wonder if...
1: She was, like, a cop, too. Was she? Yeah, she. I think. She worked in, like, law enforcement, and then she was, like, a crime writer at the time. Wow. And she worked with him. Oh, wait, no.
0: Never mind. Because I was going to say, I wonder if, you know, if someone called in suicidal, if Ted Bundy ever, like, convinced them to do it. Oh, God. It. Yeah, but... I
1: don't think he was ever really, like, alone. I think there was people around.
0: Okay. I was going to say that probably... In...
1: At least from what I remember from her book. Yeah.
0: Well, that's just... Disturbing. Yeah, very disturbing. There seems to be various motivations that drive serial killers. Uh, Fear of rejection, need for power, and a sense of inferiority. We know that certain serial killers are motivated by failings in the home when they were brought up and issues in single-family parenting, pornography, sexual frustration, and need to seek acceptance, which is not available to them. John Wayne Gacy... Was abused in childhood by a family friend. He grew up under an extremely strict, cruel father, and seems to have decided that he would demonstrate to his father that he was worthy of his affection. This eventually degenerated into mad and murderous rage.
1: Oh, John! Mm-hmm. Oh, John! Not again! <laughs> um, <laughs> someone who puts on a clown suit. Yeah, they're not it's right. Just very angry. Oh. Let's
0: see with sexual sadistic offenders uh they tend to engage in a behavior more as arousal to control and dominate the individual that's what's arousing to them not so much the pain they inflict but the fact that they're dominating this person and can engage in that behavior so was it just a terrible childhood that turned them into killers uh the question is often asked you know if two children suffer the same terrible childhood how is it that one copes and the other kills? Uh, is someone born a criminal or is someone made a criminal?
1: I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there is some element of neurological data that tells us that some individuals may be more predisposed to violent acts. In 2013, Dr. Adrian Rain, professor of criminology at the University of Pennsylvania, represent.
1: Represent Penn State. Released a
0: study observing neuro and brain imaging in violent criminals, murderers, psychopaths, and serial killers. Their brains were observed to be different to those of normal people. With diminished activities in the area of the brain that are linked to self-awareness, the processing of emotions, and sensitivity to violence. As a group, the murderers had much poorer functioning in the prefrontal cortex, the area involved in regulating and controlling behavior. This is the part of the brain that Rain calls our guardian angel of behavior. If it's asleep, he says, the devil can come out.
1: Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So what, they just put a bunch of murderers in an
0: MRI machine
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) all at once? (laughs) Basically.
0: (laughs) They just put them all in a room and whoever survived was the one that
1: they did the scans on.
0: These are the impulse killers. uh, The people who kill in rage, not the cold... Methodical. There we go. Serial killers. The serial killers actually had high functioning in the prefrontal cortex, but low functioning in the deeper part of the brain called the amygdala.
1: Amygdala. Amygdala. Thank you. (laughs) Mandula (laughs) ablangata. Amygdala. Um. (laughs) The Dalai Lama.
0: I'm surprised that my my mouth is actually moving at the speed it is. (laughs) And my brain is keeping up. (laughs) And there's some parts where it gets, there's a little roadblock, but it's all right. (laughs) (laughs) This is where emotions like empathy, conscience, and remorse stem from. For serial killers, this area was physically shrunken by 18%. This could be why they could kill without guilt or remorse neurocriminologists have also linked low resting heart rate to people who exhibit dangerous antisocial behavior so you're in good
1: shape i'm in real good shape your resting heart rate is like Like three thousand high for some reason (laughs) (laughs) i'm fine yeah you're fine fine. you're fine. (laughs) fine. fine
0: my um my cousin knows this one kid he's like a super athlete like he'll he runs like 100 mile marathons just for the fun of it like oh On mountains, not just like a flat ground, like literally runs mountains. And his resting heart rate is like 40. It's like so low.
1: (laughs) He's like too healthy. (laughs) Yeah, that's almost dead. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) They theorize that those with low rates don't feel fear as strongly as others. Another theory is that life may be a bit dull to people with low heart rates, so they seek excitement and crave intense stimulation, hence why he climbs mountains. (laughs)
1: That makes sense because yeah. I'm nervous about everything. You are.
0: You're a very nervous person. <laughs> I was actually thinking about that when I was
1: reading that. I was like, Wow, this makes so much sense. She's like the
0: complete opposite. <laughs> yep. So <laughs> so is it nature or nurture? In a funny twist, Rain, the person who did the um the brain study, found out he had a low functioning amygdala.
1: Amygdala. 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 Can we just call it the Dalai Lama? The
0: Dalai Lama. He had a low-functioning Dalai Lama. His brain scans... His brain scans resembled the scan of serial killer Randy Kraft. Or the scoreboard killer. But Rain grew up in a loving home. And he didn't turn to killing. It's more than likely there might be some predisposition that the person is born with. And depending on how they're raised, it dictates how they would be as an adult. Not everyone in a broken home will become a serial killer, but they will most likely become violent at some point. Maybe not a killer, but, you know, they'll choose, they'll make wrong decisions.
1: So, maybe they're born with it. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's Maybelline? (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Maybe it's serial killing. (laughs) I waited so long to say that, I just couldn't. No, that was. It's so bad. That was was perfect timing. Perfect timing.
0: (laughs) So, research compiled by psychologist Joel Norris identified who? Joel Norris. (laughs)
1: Sorry, I thought that was all one name. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Joel. Joel. Joel,
0: Yes. Joel Norris. Joel Norris. Got it. uh, Relative of Chuck Norris.
1: Lesser known. Lesser known. The lesser known Norris. <laughs> he
0: identified several phases that serial killers go through. The first phase um, is the aura phase, where the killer begins kind of losing grip on reality. They like,
1: Aura? Like A-U-R-A? Aura,
0: yeah. Okay. They may, might take medication to kind of subdue the thoughts that they're having, but usually medication doesn't work. Um there's the Or they tr- don't take it. Yeah, or they yeah. just stop taking it. Um there's the trolling phase where the <laughs> <laughs> This is they're they're trolling the grounds. They're searching for a victim. That's oh, what it is. Okay. Um there's the wooing phase where the killer lures the victim in. There's the capture phase where the victim is entrapped in the murder or totem phase, which is the emotional high for the killer, and usually with serial killers. They take something from the body, the, the, the murder scene. Like Jeffrey Dahmer saved skulls of his victims. He saved body parts, all that jazz. And then there's the depression phase, and that occurs after the killing. And a lot of times you'll hear from serial killers that they are often suicidal in this phase because um, they don't have the high of killing anymore. And then it starts all over again. But catching a serial killer presents a tremendous challenge for law enforcement. The murders may span days, months, or even years, and can cross numerous jurisdictions. That's like Ted Bundy. He was all over the place. He, he mm-hmm. what was he in like five
1: states? One, two, three, four, yeah, five, he was. Six, in, I think, like six, I think five, Washington, or six. Oregon, Oregon, yeah,
0: Nevada, somewhere around there. I know he was in Florida, in Vermont.
1: Yep, Florida. He ooh, yeah. did some <clears throat> did some bad stuff in Florida. That's. I wonder.
0: I was thinking this because that was like in the 60s, 70s, whatever the case. My parents were alive then. And I wonder if it was like all over the news, like his case, because you really don't see like serial killers really nowadays. Like I just off the top of my head don't remember in my entire 28 years, I don't remember ever seeing anything about any serial killers in the news or anything. Yeah. Mass shootings, that's a totally different story, but never, right. like...
1: It's also a lot more, I don't think serial killer, it would, DNA, yeah. is what I'm trying to get at. <laughs> DNA. 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 Like, now that we have all that, it would be really, really hard for someone to get away Yeah, with it for long.
0: Yeah, that's true. They don't really become a serial, they get caught too fast. You know, it's right. not like a huge amount of people that die. Yeah. Thank God. Um. Thank God! <laughs> often the relationship between suspect and the victim is difficult to determine, and the motive usually remains a mystery. Unlike most homicides, in the majority of serial murder cases, there is no identifiable relationship between the killer and the victims. What gives away a serial killer is the evidence that the killer leaves behind and or takes with them. And usually... It's chance. Like, Ted Bundy got pulled over for a traffic violation, and they were just like, they searched his car and they found all of these, you know, questionable things in his car, and that's what led to him. Jeffrey Dahmer had someone escape. Like, if that person was killed by Jeffrey, then he wouldn't have been caught, or at least, you know, would have been caught later. Yeah. But <clears throat> usually it's chance. Usually they just mess up.
1: Mm-hmm. And usually
0: it's, you know, mm-hmm. you know, I was, there was another, I forget what the killer's name was, but he, Was driving drunk, and he got pulled over, and there was a literal dead body in his car. Like, in the passenger seat. Whoops. Yep.
1: Moved that up.
0: Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) The FBI's National Center for the Analysis of Violent Crime published a special report to assist law enforcement in the apprehension of serial killers. The document studied 480 murders involving 92 different killers. The report covers topics like motivation, method of killing, location of the crime, body disposal, sexual activity, and victim selection. The easiest victim for most of these killers in America are prostitutes, unfortunately, because they'll come right up to your car. The study shows that serial killers are usually men. Strangulation is the most common method of killing, and 78% of the cases involve sexual activity. In over half of the cases, the killers removed multiple items from the crime scene. That seems to be a... A reoccurring thing is that they always want like a little a little token token. Yeah. Yeah. We can debate a lot about biological and social differences. We know that men are socialized to express anger and aggression outward while women are supposed to not react in that way. In parts that's why women are more likely to attempt suicide, self harm, and cut themselves. Men are more likely to act out and more likely to actually commit suicide. Um, in part because they tend to pick deadlier methods. Women are also more likely to pick a passive-aggressive way to get back at someone. You know, just think of how awful teenage girls are. Just like posting shit and (laughs) just being nasty. Yeah. Um, Female serial killers, unlike males, typically start later in life, 25 or older rather than between 15 and 20 for men, which means they tend to bring more maturity and patience to their kills. They are famous for using poison and over overwhelmingly kill people they know, spouses, children, parents, other relatives, friends, neighbors, employers, patients, you know, the nurses who kill. And often the deaths are not known to be murders until the body count climbs too high.
1: Whoops.
0: So- <laughs> Women are so sneaky. <laughs> they often kill in ways that parody traditional female roles, you know, a wife who kills a husband, a mother who kills children. A nurse who kills patients or a maid who kills the people she works for. Um, Men commit more murders in general and serial killers are famous for killing, killing, seeking. No, that makes no sense. I think that's where I had a stroke. For kill seeking some sort of sexual or emotional fulfillment from them. Um, There are four types of serial killers. Just a fun little fact. Okay, like <laughs> well, it's like um, well, I'll just read it. Okay, there are missionaries or mission-oriented types of killers. These are usually killers who target undesirables, most famously prostitutes, but also racial, ethnic, ethnic, ethical, ethnic. There we go. <laughs> Religious and sexual minorities. Uh, the Yorkshire Ripper, when asked by his brother why he killed a bunch of women, stated, "Just cleaning up the streets, our kid. Just cleaning the streets." He also considered any woman out after dark as a prostitute. (laughs) The second uh, visionaries. Uh, They're serial killers who are in the midst of a psychotic episode and kill based on their delusions. David, the son of Sam, Burkowitz, is probably the best known example. Um, There was also a sniper in California who believed by randomly shooting people, he was preventing an earthquake. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The third type are the power and control killers. Uh, They seek to dominate their victims. Often they will use bindings and will kill in a very personal way, such as strangulation. Sometimes they will choke and then revive their victims to extend the control. Rape is often used as another weapon to gain a sense of power over their victims. Ted Bundy is probably the most famous example of this. And then the last type are hedonists. Um, they're out trying to satisfy a need. Sometimes the murder is only incidental to another goal, such as cannibalism or necrophilia. Oh, yikes. Yep. Edmund Kemper once said he wanted to play with the bodies, but first he had to eject the person from them. Yikes. Yeah. So,
1: that was the psychology. (laughs) (laughs) That was a little
0: dive into the psychology of a serial killer. Uh, Basically, They are predisposed to, like, their brains are different from normal people, and depending on how they are raised, that's how they turn into a serial killer. So make sure you treat little children with respect, because they grow (laughs) up to be serial killers.
1: I think i read somewhere that, like, a lot of them hit their heads, too, or something, or they get concussions or something, like, early on in life. That makes me think of something.
0: I swear I was watching something where, like, someone, a killer, like, got a, a head injury and then they turned into, like, this totally different person. Mm-hmm. I think it was that kid, this happened not too long ago, it was the kid from, he was in college somewhere, I think it was, like, in Florida or something, and he just randomly walked up to someone and just started stabbing them to death. Jeez. And, like, that was one thing, that he had a concussion and it just, like, changed him.
1: That's scary. Yeah. Because that could happen to anybody. Yeah. You just.
0: Molly's had a couple concussions.
1: <laughs> I better watch out. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've ever had a concussion. I don't think so either. I don't think I have. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. One I time I did remember. run into a tree while I was sledding. That's, That's pretty how Molly hard. Molly got but... a
0: concussion too. Really? Yeah, she like went backwards
1: into yeah, the tree. Yeah, me too. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> That was one of her concussions. (laughs) You know, do you ever see a movie where like a grenade goes off Mm -hmm. and then they cut to like a first person view of the ringing in the person's Mm -hmm. ears? Like, that's what happened. (laughs) Oh, that's not good. (laughs) Uh, It was like, ring, and then I just was kind of seeing stars for a second. (laughs) And I drank some hot chocolate. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I
0: definitely have not had a hit to the dome piece that hard. Oh. Right here, ringing. Ringing.
1: Well, you had to wear a helmet as a child, right?
0: That's very true, actually. I still do to this day, mm-hmm. so...
1: I thought you didn't want to tell people that. Uh,
0: I, I mean, it's just a cool <laughs> hat. No. No, no, no.
1: It's a cool, shiny hat. It's a cool, shiny, hard hat.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow.
1: I didn't that was know. good. Yeah. yeah that um, was a nice little... Um, it was, was like well-researched. Informative. What? It was well-researched. Well, it took like two fucking days to do this, and one wow. of
0: those days was hangover day. <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> kudos thanks
0: i hope everyone enjoyed it i hope we didn't lose anyone hope you didn't fall asleep oh we're, we're hope you we hope you had fun here we're
1: hope had fun. <laughs> <laughs> we hope
0: you had fun we hope you had fun yeah and we'll uh i guess we'll see it next week if you want to reach out to us we have instagram facebook twitter
1: you know email
0: email you can find us On all those things, just search Weekly Variety Podcast and we'll be there. Yes, we will.
1: (laughs) Bye. Bye.